Amen. Uh, put your hand up if you thought you were almost about to go home because you thought you'd already listened to the talk. The few of us, yeah, I'm with you, don't worry, sorry, you've got me for a bit longer. Um, this is the inside of my wardrobe. There we go. Now, some of you are looking at that going, that's pretty tidy. Others of you are going, you're getting anxiety because it looks like a mess. I'm showing you this because um, there's clothes in there that I do not wear. And actually, I counted how many pairs of socks I've got this afternoon. How's it a guess? 56. 56 pairs of socks. I don't need 56 pairs of socks. No one needs that many socks. Um, and the reality is, I, when it comes to clothes, I've got too much. And I don't wear them all. Some are old. Some are ones that I've got brought and I've never touched. But I've got too much stuff, right? And um, the world has too. When it comes to clothes, uh, they think that they estimate around 140 million pounds worth of clothes ends up in landfill every year. Every year. Uh, there's 49 million square foot of storage space just in this country alone. That's equivalent to 694 football pitches. Um, and uh, when it comes to toys, you'll be interested to know if you were a young person or a child, 3.1% of, like, of children own 40% of the global toy supply. There's a lot of stuff in the world. And why is that? Like, why have we got a lot of stuff? Why have we got too much stuff? Why have we got more than we need, maybe? Well, um, a commentator who's a, well, he's a, he's a psychologist at the London School of Economics, he talks about how part of our economy is driven by what's called the profit motive. And he explains it like this, that there's a lot of pressure in social media, mostly driven by the profit motive, because obviously making people feel miserable about themselves is really profitable. Because if you can punch holes in people's lives, they'll purchase things to try to fill them. It's classic advertising tactics. And maybe you, like Britney Spears, have sung, give me, give me more, give me more, give me, give me more. Give me, give me more, give me more, give me, give me more. Right? And then you get the endorphin rush of the more, and you realise that actually Charles Spurgeon had something good to say when he said this, that if you are not content with what you have, you would not be satisfied if it were doubled. And so you change the song on Spotify and you, you join in with the dulcet tones of Bono and you sing, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. So the question is then, friends, where is the more we're looking for? Where is the more we're looking for? So if you've got a Bible, I'd love you to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12. Um, the Bible is split into two portions. You have the Old Testament and the New Testament. The New Testament's like the second half. So if you've got to Matthew, just keep going, to Mark, to Luke, uh, and then you get to Luke. If you've got to John or Romans or some weird book called Timothy, you've gone too far. So, Luke chapter 12, and we're going to explore this idea of where is the more we're looking for, and we're going to pick up from verse 13, and we're going to read verse 13 to 15, and then we're going to do some talking, and read some more, a bit of talking, read some more, all right? 
So here we go. Verse 13 to 15. Someone in the crowd said to him, said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? And then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So where's the more we're looking for? Well, firstly, it's not found in our paychecks or purchases. It's not found in our paychecks or purchases. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've found myself believing that what I earn and what I own communicates something about me to the world in which I live. Right? When I was younger, when I was in primary school, um, we didn't have much, uh, didn't have much money as a family, um, and so I didn't have much. I didn't have all the latest gear. And in my group of friends at primary school at that point, the PS1 had just come out, right? And I really, really wanted a PS1, and all the guys in my friendship group had got one for Christmas, but little old me didn't have a games console. I know. So um, I figured out that none of these, because of the school I went to, was a bit of a distance away from my home. None of these guys in my friendship group, I mean, I say, I'm like year one, okay? I'm young, all right? Let me just qualify how young I was before I tell you that I lied. But I, I figured out these, these like, boys, they've never been to my house. They don't know my room. They don't know what I've got, what I haven't got. So I lied. And I said, yeah, I've got a PS1 and a Sega Mega Drive and a Nintendo Super Nintendo, and a Game Boy. I had it all, man, and they were loving it. Like, wow, you got it all? Like, that's so cool. Can't believe you got all of that for Christmas. And of course they believed me, because they were also six years old. <laughs> right? But I, I just I made the mistake that what I earned or what I owned communicated something meaningful to the world around me. But Jesus here says, doesn't he, he puts it like this in the message. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. So the more we're looking for, it's not found in our paychecks or purchases. So where's it found? Well, let's continue reading. So we're going to read now from Luke chapter 12, verse 22 to 28. So now Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's had this interaction with someone in the crowd who wanted him to get involved with his brother's situation and, and he's deal with that and now he turns to his disciples and he says this therefore I tell you do not worry about your life what you'll eat or about your body what you'll wear for life is more than food and the body more than clothes consider the ravens they do not sow or reap they've no storeroom or barn yet God feeds them and how much more valuable are you than birds who are you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Verse 27. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor, which is an Old Testament character, he had some nice clothes, was dressed like one of these. Maybe he shopped in Union Project. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? 
So where's the more we're looking for? Well, it's not found in our cupboards or in our closets. It's not found in our cupboards or our closets. I don't know about you, but sometimes I found myself anxious about what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to wear. Anyone remember prom? Like, that was a really stressful time. Some of you over there are about to go through it. You're kind of working out what dress you're going to wear, what suit. I remember going to Next in Merry Hill with my mom, and I, I flipped. I was, it was not a great time. Like, no suit fitted me. Like, I couldn't find the right tie. I couldn't find the right shirt. I couldn't find the right trousers that would fit around my big bum. Um, and it was just difficult. I was stressed. I was really stressed. And then, um, that was like prom. I mean, at the wedding, when I got married, that was even more difficult. Because I'm like, I want the right suit. And it's, I only hopefully get to do this once. And I want to look my best. And I worked really hard at the gym. And I lost loads of weight. And my pictures looked great. But it was stressful. Let alone Melissa. Like, her life at that moment, trying to buy the right dress, was stressful. Then it was like, well, what do we feed people? Will they like chicken or beef? And then, like, do we have the right brownie for pudding? Or do we have fruit salad because some people want to be healthy? It's very, very anxiety-driven, right? Randy Alcorn, in his book, Money, Possessions, and Eternity, he says this, every increased possession adds increased anxiety onto our lives. Or as Jesus puts it when he's talking to his disciples in the message, he says it like this. He says, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. What does God promise to give us? Well, Jesus says in John 10.10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. To the full. See, the more we're looking for, it isn't found in our cupboards or our clothes. So where is it found? Let's continue reading. Luke 12, verse 29 to 31. Jesus, continuing the conversation with the disciples, says this, verse 29. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world, i.e. anybody that doesn't follow Jesus, follow God, for the pagan world runs after such things, and your Father knows that you need them. Verse 31. But seek first his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Where's the more we're looking for? Well, it's not found in our immediate or instant. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself um, concerned or I find myself uh, distracted by the here and now at the expense of what's really important. Um, The other day, um, my wife Melissa was sat on the sofa and I was sat on the sofa too. And there's a moment in that day, we have a six-month-old baby called Poppy. She's amazing, but she's consuming, like it's an onslaught of your attention and energy and time. Some of you are parents, and you're like, yeah, I know, I've been there. Some of you are parents right now, and you're like, yeah, I feel your brother. Um, 
I'm telling you, it's, it's hard work. And there's this beautiful moment in our day, every day, where Poppy goes to sleep. It's lovely. And it's a real beautiful moment because it's like a moment that's just me and Melissa. It's just like old times, right? And anyway, so it's, it's, Poppy's just gone to bed. Liz has come down after feeding her and putting her to bed. And she just starts to do as she needs to, as part of her personality, to just sort of offload on me about the day. That's what she needs. That's what's important to her. It's important in that moment that I listen, right? And the other day, I mean, it's most days, the WhatsApp chat with the boys went off. And my phone's dinging. And I pick, like, pick up my phone and start to read the messages. And she's like, Tim, are you listening? I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's like, what did, you, what did I just say? Ah, uh, you love me? Sometimes I find myself found distracted by the here and now rather than what really matters. Andy Stanley puts it like this. He says, we must prioritize what we value most over what we want now. And so from Jesus' perspective, what is the most valuable thing? Well, he says it, we must, um, he says this, sorry, seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need if you're sat there thinking what's the kingdom of God come on Tuesday to Learning Hub Hills is doing a three-part seminar on the kingdom of God I went on Tuesday with the six warmers it was like I ate a really rich chocolate cake all to myself there's a lot to process but it was good So if, if, if you want to prioritise what the kingdom, like to focus on the kingdom of God, I really urge you, encourage you, come on Tuesday, learn about it. Learn what it is to prioritise the kingdom of God above all else. So where's the more we're looking for? Well, it's not in our paychecks or purchases. It's not in our cupboards or closets. And it's not in our immediate or instant where is it? Let's continue reading. Luke verse 12, uh, chapter 12, sorry, verse 33 to 34. Jesus says this to his disciples, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. More is found in less. More is found in less. In another biography of Jesus' life written by a guy called Matthew, he notes that Jesus said this in chapter 16, verse 25 to 26. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? More is found in less. Where's the more we're looking for? It's found in less. It's found in Less. And so, friends, as I come into close and come into land, 
Is there a healthy habit that might help us to live this invitation, this challenge that Jesus has on us as followers of him to find the more that everybody is looking for in having less? And, um, and there is, the good news is there is, and it's called um, simplicity. Uh, and I just want to chat to you a little bit about that. Now, um, my mentor once said, Tim, make sure you practice what you preach. But what if you could only preach what you practice? Now, I need to tell you, you've seen my wardrobe. I don't practice this, friends. So, so disclaimer, okay? I'm with you in this. I'm challenged by it. I'm learning how to do it. I need to get rid of some of my socks. All right? But I, I did some research for us, for the sake of us, to maybe help those of us that want to engage with this way of life, with this invitation, this challenge, to find more in less. Um, and here's, here's what I found this week that I think might be helpful to us. Well, first of all, so what, what is simplicity, okay? What is it? Well, in order to understand what something is, sometimes it's really helpful to understand what something isn't, all right? So three things that simplicity isn't. First of all, simplicity is not a style. It's not a genre of architecture. It's not about your walls being all white and you've got some lovely pampas grass in the corner, right? I know it's in right now, apparently. Um, but that's, that's not what simplicity is. So it's not a style. It's also um, not organization, right? Thank you. Thank, my wardrobe is thankful for that. But it's not organization. It's not having all your ducks in a row. It's not about like these Netflix shows that come and transform your house because, oh my word, your cupboards are all messy and I just need to save you from your mess. It's not about organization, all right? And also, it's nothing new. It's been around a long, long time. Simplicity's been around a long, long time. Um, you've heard of monks, monasteries. They withdraw from life to live a simple life. Um, it, it's, not been, it, it's, it's been around a long time. So it's not style. It's not organization. It's not new. So what is it? Well, um, someone uh, who's quite big in the, in the arena of minimalism and living simply um, called Josh Becker, he, he puts it like this. He says, simplicity is the intentional promotion of the things that we value the most and the removal of anything that distracts us from them. The intentional promotion of the things we value the most and the removal of anything that distracts us from them. So if you're like me and you're up for having a go at this or you want to give simplicity a go, um, here's, here's three things that might be helpful for us as we make a start in some of this, right? In living simply, in responding to the call and the invitation of Jesus to find more in less. Um, first of all, um, I think we need to establish what we value, actually. What do we value? Like, not what does society value, not do we get told what to value, but what do we really deeply value? And if you're not sure, if like me, you're not, you're not sure where that is, a good, a good place to start is to just ask God, God, who have you made me to be? Like, I, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. That's what the Psalms say, so you know me best. So God, would you help me know what my values are? And there's a great exercise, um, which is, there's a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and um, which is a great title for a book, a bit pretentious. Um, 
But it's written by Stephen Covey. And what he says about um, trying to find values is a great place to start is at your funeral. And what he encourages you to do, us to do, is to write your eulogy. So imagine what the people you love would say about you at your funeral. And that would help you determine what you value. Because I hope that my wife would say that I was an amazing husband. I hope that Poppy would say that I was an amazing father. I hope that a good friend of mine would say, do you know what? Through the thick and thin of, of life, when the stuff hit the fan, Tim was still, his relationship with God was still as rich as it was when, it was, when life was good. Right? And I'm getting to know some of the things that I value. So this idea of, you know, promotion of things that we value the most and the removal of anything that distracts us from them, it, it begins to make sense. So first of all, establish values. And maybe you might want to write a eulogy, which might sound morbid, but it might help us establish values. Secondly, um, a recommendation that people say around this whole idea of living simply, of responding to God's invitation to find more and less, is to then, once we've established our values, is to evaluate everything. Evaluate everything and ask yourself the question, does this thing actually help me become the person God has created me to be or not? Is this getting in the way of the things that God has called me to be or not? And if it is, then get rid of it. Um, and, and people say that actually this can be quite hard to do, and so the encouragement is to start somewhere easy. So if you own a car, that's a great place to start, because always loads of rubbish in the glove box you don't need, right? If you don't own a car, start with your parents' car. Don't get rid of the car, just the stuff in the car. Um, or it might be that you know that in your room, or there's a drawer. Everyone's got the drawer. Every, haven't the avenue, you've all got the drawer in your house. It's just that's where everything goes. Like, if you're not sure, this is before, like, Deliveroo. If you were ordering a Chinese and you knew what, you wanted to know what the Chinese was in the drawer. The menu is in the drawer. Start there. Start somewhere easy. Pick something up and go, does this egg timer really help me become the person that God wants me to be or not? Yeah, I mean, it might have called you to hospitality, so maybe you want to keep it. Don't know. So, evaluate everything. And then finally... Eradicate stuff. Eradicate stuff. So you've established your values, you're evaluating everything, and you've got things in your hand, or you're looking at things, and the decision is, do I keep it, or do I get rid of it? Is it down to the tip, or is it keep it? And um, again, people who write um, in this zone and in this area of, of life, and they, they say that actually it's, it's a moment that you want to you wanna notice um, when, when it becomes difficult to think about throwing something away. And why is that? Because some things can be difficult to throw away. You know, it might not be it not like, this thing, man. Like, there's so much in here that, that gets in the way of me becoming the person that God wants me to be. But my gosh, is it a difficult thing to put in the bin. Right? It's difficult. And so why is that? And ask God and invite God into that. And um, again, if you're up for it, there's, there's a, people in this space, there's a 30-day challenge where basically on day one, you get rid of one thing. On day two, you get rid of two things. And it's pretty easy because it's like, well, you know, it's one pair of socks, two T-shirts. I can do that. It's fine. But then obviously you track through and you get to day 30 and try to get rid of 30 things. 
And by the end of it, by the end of a 30-day challenge, you've got rid of 238 things, whatever it is. So it's just a bit of a challenge, a bit of a game, I don't know. So there we go, three things that I've learned this week whilst researching what does it look like to live simply. What does it look like to respond to the invitation and challenge of Jesus to find more in less? Because it's not found in our paychecks or purchases. It's not found in our cupboards or closets. It's not found in our immediate or instant. It's found in less. It's found in less. So let's establish our values, evaluate everything and eradicate stuff. And so what type, as I literally come into land now, what type of community, what type of church, what type of people would we become if we responded to Jesus' invitation? Well, maybe rather than finding the more we're looking for in the brand of clothing we can afford, maybe we find it in the number of people we've helped to clothe. Rather than finding the more we're looking for in the money in our bank account, maybe we find it in how much we use to help others. Rather than finding the more we're looking for in the size of our house, may we find it in the amount of love that was shown there. Rather than finding the more we're looking for in our level of education, may we find it in the degree of our integrity. Rather than finding the more we're looking for in the number of likes on our Instagram post, may we find it in how edifying and encouraging that post was to others. Rather than finding the more we're looking for in the type of car that we drive, may we find it in those we have picked up in life and set down on a better road. Rather than finding the more we're looking for in how loud our voice is, may we find it in how often we spoke up for those without one. Rather than finding the more we're looking for in the quality and quantity of our personal possessions, may we find it in the level of selflessness we've shown to others. Rather than finding the more we're looking for in the number of people who love us, may we find it in the number of people we've loved. And finally, rather than finding the more we're looking for in having more, may we find it in having less.